What about Amazon Go, but for Congress? Hmm. Take take me through this. Yeah, I like Take Two a lot better. Um, so basically, I think Jeff can probably. Yeah, nobody will know what we're talking about. I think Jeff could probably get a bunch of people to program. Are you, I'm other... sorry. I'm sorry not to interrupt. Are you? Are you? You're on a friend of first name basis with Jeff Bezos now. Uh, you mean hashtag Swole Jeff? Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. He, he's he, he's he's in my. What did T-Mobile have? They had the t- your fave five. Right. <laughs> He's in there. Remember, remember when that was a thing where the big gimmick for wireless carriers was, you, oh, we let you talk to five people who aren't on this company. Yeah, remember when that was the most annoying thing people T-Mobile did. <laughs> oh, moving on. Yeah, I was gonna say we should think about doing maybe if it's a slow week, we'll do your just your big T-Mobile rant episode. Nope. And that nope. that I promise you would be the episode where I go through the hassle of bringing in the, the chapter pictures and i would i'll just find all of the worst okay. ones <laughs> oh man okay so jeff T- take three here we go no no we're, we're, we're <laughs> all staying in uh so jeff uh, Gold, uh golden globes jeff did you see him when he went to the golden globes oh i know i missed that no he was totally there in the audience like during during oprah's speech i think he got a couple of because they kept focusing on members of the audience, so I think he was in there a few times. But no, Amazon Amazon cleaned up. Um, did you ever watch that Mrs. Maisel show? No, 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 no. You you really should. It's quite good, and it's only eight episodes. the the TV The TV debt's not quite as bad as the podcast debt, but it's um, it's a, it's a thing. Have you considered watching TV with the subtitles on, but then change your sound bar to a podcast, and then also try to work through your Insta paper queue? I don't. I don't have a sound. I don't have a sound bar anymore, so that wouldn't work. Or get uh, get the sound touch. I know you have a very logical reason for not doing it, but yeah, yeah. Or time. So Jeff Bezos. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Amazon Go opened this week, and we'll get to that. But I think a bunch of algorithms running on an AWS instance could probably govern better than whatever the fuck we have. Because apparently, we're just funding the government at, at three week intervals. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yep. Kick, kicking the uh, proverbial can down the road, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and it's it's uh, the Orange Man in Chief and, and, and Crying Chuck. Is that... His his name, his, his uh, little insult names are getting sloppy. Yeah, we're, it's uh, Crying Chuck, uh, Dickie Durbin. That one's stupid. Yeah. Um, what, does he have one for Nancy Pelosi? I know he's got a super racist one for uh, Elizabeth Warren, but does right. he have one for Nancy? Not that I. Oh, you're a first name basis with her too. <laughs> Again, isn't she? Isn't she the the uh, uh, senator for our condition? Um, she's she's a uh, representative, but, but yes. or sorry, yeah, representative for the eleventh district of California, which is either which is San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, that's that's correct. All right, yeah. So Chuck and Nancy. Uh huh. Um, th- th- this. This government's not working. No, not not particularly well. No. <laughs> do you ever think it gets fixed? Like, do you ever? So there's all these. There's all the Republicans. And sorry, apologies for this being the second podcast or a politics heavy episode in a row. But, but like, w- when does this get fixed? Like, this can't keep going this way. When was the last time the federal government actually passed a budget without just it being a series of continuing resolutions? It's been been a while. It's been like six years, literally, right? Right. I think I think so. Yeah. 
Yeah. Just, oh, oh, Orrin Hatch was the one who uh, took off invisible glasses. That's that's okay. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, the whole point of this was that I think Amazon Go could probably like that system applied to government could probably yield better results in in fairer districts than the whole system that we have now. Um. So what what uh, to give some fresh air to this? What what are you happy about this year? That's not just awfulness and 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 politics and just waking up and and dreading what's going to be on the daily. What's what's making you happy? Uh, what's making me happy these days? Um. Well, I mean, I do, are we making this personal? Are we making this about technology? Like, what? How how broad are we going here? No, I mean, uh, so I'm going to exclude technology. Don't just say that uh, you got a new remote controls making like n- none of that. Like what? Like what? What? What media? What experiences? What? What are you doing that's kind of getting you out of just uh, our country's best days are behind us? Um, I think I'm I'm excited about the um, kind of the ski season picking up here. That's that's been nice. We get not getting a lot of snow this week. Can you explain that to the layperson? Because actually, I would have thought that at the end of January, most of the ski season was behind, was behind us. No, here it's it's sort of that'd be kind of in the middle ish of the season. Like if we're lucky, it'll start sometime in November. Although more often, sometime in December, it'll kind of ramp up through the holiday season, ideally, and then come January, we'll be kind of in the thick of it, and then it'll last until end of March ish. Hmm. And how do you plan? Cause I assume anytime like it rains a lot or it's going to look like um, uh, a weekend with a lot of fresh powder is, is a uh-huh. term I think yeah, people use in the eighties. Uh-huh, that's what the kids say. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. They're talking about Mountain Dew and they're talking about fresh powder. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, how do you manage around just not having everybody else in the greater Bay area, trying to go to one of like the six ski corporations. Like, how do you still, how do you manage to make it still a fun experience without like it being like, you're going to Disneyland on like a peak day or something? Yeah, no, that's, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, I mean, I think number one tip, you avoid the holiday weekends. So, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. Weekend, President's Day weekend, you, you definitely want to avoid those. You want to, and going back earlier, you want to avoid like Christmas day, New Year's Eve, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, like on a, on a weekend, like we're about to have, um, you know, there's only so much you can do. Um, I mean, for us, it kind of starts with the driving. So, you know, typically what we'll do, like, cause we're only going to go for like one day this weekend. So we'll, we'll usually drive, um, somewhere a little east of Sacramento, kind of a, near the base of the mountain on Friday night, like later Friday night after the commute hours, like after dinner kind of timing. We'll stay like at an Airbnb somewhere, and then we'll drive up super early on Saturday morning, get a full day of skiing in, and then come back Saturday night. So you kind of beat that Friday afternoon to Sunday afternoon slash evening kind of peak rush. Um, but then on the mountain, like Sierra, which is where I have a pass to, there's a whole section called the West Bowl where it's all um, blue and uh, black runs. So there's no green runs. And so that sort of uh, limits the number of people who you know want to ski over there so it'll, it'll still get crowded but it won't be nearly as crowded in an area of the mountain that has you know all um, all three types of runs being green blue and black uh so there's only three colors yeah which is actually something i was talking to a friend about the other day there needs to be more granularity there because there's a 
there's a wide range within each of those categories. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And it's kind of one, you know, it's kind of one of those things where you can't really, <laughs> once you've committed to a run, you know, there's, there's kind of no going back. So, you know, actually that's, I'm going to ask another dumb question. This could be a the dumb question episode. Um, what do you what do you do if you're like just like there's something like oh shit like and you have to stop in the middle of going down a mountain? Like what happens? Well, I mean that's you know when you first learn to ski, that's sort of one of the key skills to learn right off the bat is okay, how do I force myself to come to a stop? Because that's really like when you feel like you're getting a little out of control, or you know if, if you're a little over your skis, you know as you would say. Uh, <laughs> um you know you want to be able to come to Wait, a stop is that actually a term getting out over your skis oh yeah absolutely is that like when a hockey player is standing on his head that's like it's like playing possum if you'll recall from a couple weeks ago yep um okay so and <laughs> another dumb question do, uh, do ski runs have like areas where like in case you have to get off the course you can like so you don't get trampled no not really you just try to get off to the side and hopefully somebody notices and doesn't ski over you yeah i mean the so the the rule of thumb in skiing is that the person in front of you always has the right of way so as someone who's behind another person it's always your responsibility to ensure that whichever direction they're going or if they even come to a stop or if they fall or something that you're in a position to be able to go around them do you ever encounter any um in consideration like oh, do, you, sure. do you think well do you think like the bay area um winter sports crowd is is a good group or there's some kind of entitled people um i mean you you run into it you run into it every once in a while i mean i think one of the the big challenges is like when we went a couple of weeks ago and there's still not very much snow up there and so there's not a lot that's open uh, specifically like at sierra there really weren't any black diamond runs open and i think there may have only been one or two blue runs open and there was a section of the mountain where the only way to get down was on this green run, which on a day where more was open, you'd have some of the higher skill um, skiers and snowboarders going down other parts of the mountain. But because everybody had to come through this one green run, you kind of had a bad combination of people who were going pretty quickly versus those who were, you know, just learning kind of like you'd expect on a green run normally. So that's kind of the mm -hmm. only that's the only time that I've ever really seen it where you kind of run into some issues, but no, no, generally it's generally it's fine. Okay, good. Cool. Yeah. So, so what are you excited about? Uh, not really excited about much of anything. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I don't know. I, I, I'm all, we'll, we'll get to this later, but I'm, I'm super hyped up because of streaks. I don't know. Oh yeah. Good. Okay. I, I thought about saying something like that too. No, I, I like that. Well, no, I think one, uh, uh, I, I need to buy you lunch because like, this is a really, really good tool and it's helping me. Uh, I've, I've been a less uh, rigid in the things that I want to do better at this year. And I don't know, I've been, I've been feeling pretty good about it. I broke my, uh, not going to the gym slump. I've been, uh, reading more. I've been watching more. I've been minimizing time that I'm doing nothing productive. Mm. So I don't know. That's yeah. mainly it. Reading is something I could add to streaks. I like that. Oh no! Like there's yeah, like the fact that you can have negative habits is something that that I think has has been really productive. I've started uh, um, I've started journaling a little bit, which is actually fun. It's a good way to um, that that's gonna be like a little mini chef special to counteract kind of um if you have trouble sleeping. I found that to be a good way to reflect on the day and plan for the next day. 
but no streaks has been kind of at the core of a lot of stuff that i'm really happy about yeah there's a there's actually there's a headspace exercise on sleep and a a big component of that is kind of replaying your day that is supposed to be a a technique to sort of mentally prepare yourself for bed so that, that makes sense yeah uh still can't be bothered to buy sheep phones but man i hmm. what well i i just I, they're they're great I, mean, I use them literally every single day uh, in in this era of everything being five stars the fact that the reviews on it are kind of very middle of the road across the board i just i don't know well yeah i don't think they're they're not spectacular but in their product category they're the best thing that's out there well and also i'm toying with the idea that maybe listening to podcasts as i go to sleep is not an ideal thing so i I don't know i keep going back and forth on that because i yeah well so i i go back and forth on that too but the rebuttal i would have to that is i also will sometimes use them just for uh, white noise that i'll put on as i'm falling asleep that i can't do well Mm. because i used to i used to be into um and I'm still kind of into it. When I, uh, thunder is called thunderscapes or thunderscapes. Yeah, I don't. It, it is. You may, you recommended that to me, and I I don't particularly care for that one. I really like. It. I I enjoy because I like white noise doesn't do it for me at all. I've, I it, it's it's unpleasant. I don't think it calms me, or I don't think it because I I live in a very quiet place anyway. So ambient noise and that kind of stuff isn't really a concern. So therefore, like right now, it's not to give too much uh, upsec stuff. Like it, it's it's raining out, so that's actually very calming. So like rain, wind, and thunder and that kind of stuff is actually very pleasing to me. Well, that's I guess when I said white noise, that's that's what I'm talking about. I'll I'll, just, I'll put on like rain noise. Well, yeah, that's what thunder space is. Yeah, but I just I don't know. I don't I don't care for for their sounds as much. Did you did you do the in app purchase? I did. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I found it to be really good. They have that weird one too, where you can it can simulate lightning and <laughs> uses the flash on your phone. Oh, got to, you got to turn it's, that crap off. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, yeah. What were we talking about? Uh, oh, yeah, sleeping. No, yeah. so streaks. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like it's it's pretty good. Yeah, so journaling, I think, is a probably a sound strategy. Um, I'm not going to count my eggs before they hatch, but I think that's been fairly productive. Um, but yeah, overall, it's it's looking for the little things because uh, like you know, not everything has to be a shithole yeah. or reading about shitholes. Right. Anyway, um, say so yeah, anything else for you? Uh no no that that's it should we get into the uh, the fu no not really <laughs> uh, I guess we can yeah um do you uh, let's see you want to talk about diet coke or do you want to talk about the HomePod first let's talk about diet coke because I'm <laughs> really really interested in this topic so you I'm pissed okay you for so, the for the sake of the for the sake of the show here you went out and bought a couple of flavors of the. No. What? It was not for the sake of the show. So, mm. okay, let's discuss. My sparkling water situation is very complicated at the minute, at the moment. Oh, so, so Target, it has apparently. I don't know if they're in, they're in a transitional period, like they're restructuring their product lineup to to better suit the needs of consumers. So right now, like their whole sparkling water shelf situation is a, is a huge mess. So I thought for a while that I had like evolved beyond Lacroix, and I was on uh, this. Uh, simply balanced uh in-house target brand sparkling water hype and um yeah apparently they're discontinuing that because all the shelf space that used to be dedicated to that 
uh, is gone now. So I guess that's a, a totally done thing. Well, they're get, they're getting ready to get bought by Amazon, I think. Oh, is that what? So I'm going to have Amazon, um, Amazon Basics or Amazon Freshwater. Oh no, you can't drink Freshwater. It's got too much salt in it. It'll, it'll I think it'll be Amazon Basics. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So actually, maybe that is true. Who knows? Um. But then I started buying uh Dasani sparkling water because it is slightly richer in flavor and carbonation than Lacroix's, and I do appreciate that it comes in the uh like the more slender like Red Bull style bottles or uh, cans. So that's kind of nice. But then apparently, because that's owned by the Coca-Cola Corporation, since they're pushing hard on this whole uh, uh, like feisty Diet Coke thing, <laughs> they, have, they have also stopped carrying all the good flavors of that as well. And this has all been transpiring over the course of three weeks, which is the most upsetting part. So then I'm like, okay, the, the, the market is forcing my hand. I have, I'm going to have to change my consumer preferences and buy this thing. And if people will listen back to last week's show, I thought that the like this revised Diet Coke stuff that's like pushing hard against uh, millennials like me apparently is that I thought it was just basically the ones that weren't Diet Coke were sparkling water that was just flavored, but it's totally not. It's just gross Diet Coke. Yeah, I I, I guess that's I had not even considered that it would be anything other than that until you brought that up last week, and then I kind of liked your theory, but. Yeah, my my reaction was just to assume that it was diet coke with flavoring because I mean they already they already do that right with like cherry coke and vanilla coke like that that lime I think they have like lime diet coke like there you know that's been a thing for a while. But vanilla coke got discontinued, didn't it? Along with like remember the, when they made the coffee coke? Uh, yeah, I do remember that. It was um, it was called Coca Cola Black. Yeah, except they didn't they didn't put the C in black because they're too cool for it. Um, yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> it was only on the market for two years. Yeah. Uh, originated in France. Um, I actually kind of liked it, I remember. I tried it once, and it was really bad. It was, it was different, but I, I kind of liked it. The French and Canadian versions of Coca-Cola Black were sweetened with sugar. The U.S. version replaced sugar with high-fructose corn syrup. Of course they did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Consumer Reports taste testers found that the French version was less sweet and contained more coffee flavor. Citation needed. I <laughs> love <laughs> Wikipedia. Um, All right, so let, let, let's get back to this. So, so you're... Yeah, so that, that's the thing. So I was, I was super bummed because that would be a much better strategy. Like, I'm not trying to, like, Tom Brady, Monday morning quarterback this thing. But, like, keep the core product that people mostly like, which is the Diet Coke that has, like, the Presidential Medal of Honor on it. And you you just transform all the stuff that you're marketing as Dasani water and just make – like, what can we name it? Coca-Cola um, – Coca-Cola Plus. And then just make that and make it in a bunch of flavors, and it's just sparkling water. Uh, instead of making – like squeezing half of like a, a rotting lemon or a, like a rotting orange into a bunch of Diet Coke. Because that's what the blood orange flavor tastes like. It tastes like somebody opened a Diet Coke, left it out for two days, and put a little bit of a stale or like a, <laughs> a, a, an orange in it. And it's super gross. The feisty cherry one is slightly less disgusting. Yeah, I knew, I knew Still it. not very good. I knew, I knew you'd like that one. I, I didn't, though. 
Because here's the thing. Both of them, I, I drank one of each. I immediately, like after three sips, I, I poured the <laughs> blood orange one down the drain. The uh, cherry one, I did have a full one. And I'm like, okay, this is this is not good, but it's fine. And then I was like, this, this stuff is gross. And I got to get out of my house. So therefore, I took it and gave it to coworkers. There you go. Um, so what, what like did you do? like a study they did did you no i did not do a taste test but the consensus was that most people thought yeah the blood orange one is is not very good they didn't think it Mm. was inedible or undrinkable but um yeah the the feisty cherry is apparently uh not total garbage did so did you did you have any of them think that it was going to be more like a sparkling water and they were surprised that it was more like regular diet coke i didn't do that much market research i basically said here's here's why this is here please please don't ask me about this because uh, um, yeah, because I'm, I'm not normally someone to do that kind of thing. Um, um, yeah, no, I guess I, I, yeah, again, I'm, I'm not really surprised that that's that they're more just flavored diet coke. Yeah, it's a huge bummer. And I, I'm guessing that you cannot buy them individually. These you these you can only get in what six or twelve packs. Uh, this came in an eight pack of oh, twelve eight. ounce cans. Okay. Uh, well, because that's what they're gonna—that's what they're doing. That's the whole—that's the whole uh, globalized market of American corporations, where they convince you that you're getting more, but you're actually getting less. Hmm. If anything, that, that, yeah, that's the story of of the uh, since the year two thousand. It's the one percenters, man. Hmm. All right. Uh, yeah, Diet Coke's probably gonna sign me up for like a checking account. I don't want. <laughs> okay. Um. So that's it. That was a huge bummer. So I do have to. If anybody listens to this episode really quickly, uh, quiet pro tip, you can use the Just For You app at Safeway and you can get uh, two 12 packs of LaCroix for $7 right now, which is actually a pretty good deal. That is a good deal. Yeah. If only I could do that for the Logitech Harmony. Yeah. God, that thing's never going to go on sale, man. Yeah. It it, it doesn't often go on sale. And it, it, it's still over... 270 is too much. Yeah. It, it, that, that is a lot. And here's the thing, like with the new LG TV, I don't know why, like, like just switching inputs and stuff. Like, I feel like it, the Harmony one, like, it's just not working for me. Um, I mean, the Harmony one is just a so-so remote. Yeah, but I don't, it was fine for a number of years. And maybe, it, maybe it's compounded that I got the new TV and I've been using the Apple TV more. And there's this god awful TiVo Hydra update thing where it's just this perfect storm of terribleness concatenating in this remote control it's bringing increased sorrow well i mean the 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 harmony elite i I can continue to not say enough good things about so you know so what can you tell me about the latency with the apple tv well the late the the late the latency in general is um probably its weakest component um i mean especially with tivo when, when you have a program that you've recorded that doesn't have the skip functionality on it just you know, just general fast forwarding is it's just not nearly as good as the standard TiVo remote. Oh, especially since that one, I because th- the Bolt has by default, I think the RF remote. Yeah, exactly. Which is it's so which fast, is really good. Yeah, so it's it's not anything like that, I and mean, that's definitely the worst part about it. Oh, because it's, it's, so it's going it's going through the you know it's going through the whole hub thing, and then it's you know. But I thought the thing was that the uh, the Harmony Elite had the RF built into it, mm, I... or or is that just how the the Harmony talks to the hub, which then sends out the IR signals, which is still IR? That's that's probably right. Although I mean, the hub connects to 
Wi-Fi. So, but I thought the hub at the front of it has an IR blaster. I thought like, I thought it, that was the it whole. It does. Point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. All right. Life's kind of a disappointment. So that's yeah. Diet Coke, Harmony Remotes, the old deal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, just to get uh, two quick things out of the way. Um, a quick follow up on two factor authentication that we talked about like a month ago. Um, Authy has. Uh, I did not know that two years ago they were purchased by Twilio, which is the um, like uh, developers, uh, text messaging and phone backend service. Uh, apparently they bought Authy, and then I was setting up two factor authentication on that account, and then I was super surprised that it was able to detect that my phone number was registered to an account with Authy. And rather than scanning the QR code or doing any of that usual kind of rigmarole for um, enrolling it, it just showed up automatically, which was really cool. And apparently it's not just they own them. It's just that's maybe one of the proof of concepts, but that Authy as a service offers that backend integration uh, to developers and the people just need to choose to support it. But it was actually really, really cool. Yeah, I've I've never come across an app that's prompted me for that. So yeah, I did not know this was a thing. Yeah. So pretty cool. And apparently, or not apparently, but uh, the codes, I think, are longer. Um, yeah, how, what, what's 2 plus 2 plus 3? <laughs> sorry, seven, seven digits long. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm, I'm slow. Um, yeah, seven digits long instead of the usual six. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Uh, do you have two-factor authentication turned on for Amazon? No, I, I didn't know that was an option. They totally do. Yeah. Um, so you should turn that on. I found it slightly annoying just because I'm using Prime Photos more on different devices. Uh, because actually, real-time follow-up with that, that as a solution for the Lightroom syncing and having a separate library is working fantastically. Now, Prime Photos is uh, two thumbs up. Yeah, you, you you mentioned that either a week or two ago, but yeah, glad to hear that's still working. Yeah. Um but I don't know, I'm always wary of the thing where you can check the box that says, don't ask me again for codes about this device. Because mm-hmm. I just feel like that's way too generous. Right. Because I don't know how strong that cookie is. Yeah. I um, Also, I guess some real-time follow-up. I I tried just on a one of my kind of random accounts, um, 1Password's two-factor authentication integration. Mm-hmm. It's really, really good on both the <sighs> Mac and on the phone. That just... Hmm. That feels like too many eggs in one basket. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you, and it's why I haven't um, added more accounts to it. But it, it's just so darn convenient because it automatically puts the code on the your clipboard. So all you have to do is just you know, Command V right into the field, and it's just it's right there. So you mean like you do the form fill, and then automatically the, it's already in your clipboard? Yep. Yeah, that's really good, but that also seems like it defeats the purpose. No, I know. I, I'm, I'm. To 100 yeah. percent with you so i'm i'm not planning on expanding it but i just i was curious to try it and mm-hmm. yeah i mean it works works really really well is there any way to, tr- to like transfer a two-factor enrollment or if you like actually that is a question if you want to like change authenticator apps do you basically just have to say i don't want two-factor anymore and then enroll in it again it well it depends on the service there are some services where yeah that's the workflow but then there are other services which are better designed that have an option to allow you to change your authentication method and it, it, what all it'll do basically is it'll just bring up the barcode again and then you'll you know you'll scan your 
uh, you'll scan it using your new application. Ah, uh, that's cool. Yeah. I think like Google allows you to do that easily. I think Dropbox allows you to do that easily. Uh, but yeah, there are others where the solution is to unenroll and re-enroll. Oh. oh man, did I ever did I ever talk about how terrible canceling a Dropbox business trial is? No. Yeah, it's very bad. Mm. You you luckily you don't have to talk to somebody, but it was basically as hard as like it, it was uh, like on the edge of it. It was like seven pages of threats of saying, even though I already have a Dropbox Pro account that it charged me for even during the trial. Um, it like just says basically, yeah, we're going to delete all your stuff and move you down to two gigs if you cancel this, even though, no, you totally won't because I'm already paying you $10 a month for a terabyte of storage. It was really not a great experience. Hmm. Yeah. And then it renames your personal Dropbox account with like whatever your team name is. And then when you cancel it, it resyncs all the stuff to your computer. So it's, it was kind of a huge mess and that was a waste of an experience. Hmm. Yeah. Boo earns. Yeah. Um. Tell me about uh, Nintendo Labo or Labo Labs. Yeah. So Nintendo basically wants to sell you cardboard. <laughs> like cardboard, um, cardboard or Google cardboard? Uh, well, kind, kind of, kind of both, I guess. Um, uh, I mean, basically it is a kit that comes with, I mean, literally cardboard and the, the kits allow you to create different sort of objects so like some of the examples in this kotaku article that we'll put in the notes are uh, robots fishing rods and pianos and so you'll create these little objects using the cardboard you'll insert or attach your uh, nintendo switch controllers to the cardboard and then there'll be these little mini games that you play which you know if you're if you created a fishing rod for example there'll be like a little fishing mini game that you can then um play with so it's it's you kind of have to see it in pictures or on video which again we'll, we'll put this link in the notes but it's um i don't know it, it's you know it's nintendo being nintendo they like they like to do some weird stuff yeah hmm so how expensive is it because I, I remember people were in the in the, uh, the mild twitter outrage i saw that like everybody was mad about the price or something or maybe they were confused about the pricing um well so there's there's a, I guess, like a $70, what they call a variety kit, which comes with uh, two RC cars, two fishing rods, or sorry, a fishing rod, a house, a motorbike, <laughs> and a piano. Um, and then there's also an $80 robot kit, which will kind of comes with a bunch of different like robot components. So, you know, I it, <laughs> I mean, the, I guess like the ultra cynical view of this will be Nintendo's trying to charge you between 70 and 80 dollars for cardboard, but again, it comes with software as well that accompanies the the little objects that you're building. So it's it's you and know, Switch games are 50 dollars yeah, at least, right? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so you know, that's sort of um that's sort of what I think, but again, people can take the the cynical view and, and just look at the cardboard and say, how can you pay $70 for cardboard? Even though I would counter that by also pointing out that cardboard boxes are really expensive as anyone who's moved knows. They're not though. You guys are buying them in the wrong place. And what, what's your, what's your tip? You, you go to uh, Home Depot and you get them for 74 cents. I, see, I thought I've tried Home Depot before. And I thought they were pretty pricey there too. 
they're not excited. I remember. Can I can I say something that's you can cut it out if it's too personal? Sure, yeah. I remember I think it was like uh, back in two thousand eight or something when like I forgot like if we were moving out of like uh, on campus housing, and you tried um, ordering cardboard boxes through like some weird like shipping company online, mm-hmm. and working out to like six dollars a box. <laughs> it was. It's really weird stuff because, because of course we're we're college students without cars that can't drive to the fucking Home Depot. Right. Yeah. Uh, that was yeah. That was I good do. Times. I do vaguely remember that. Although I, I've probably tried to kind of block that out of my memory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good old DLG. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't find the link to the tweet, but um, the the house uh, that I sent you a link to of the Nintendo Labo or whatever. Uh, somebody on Twitter did have a good joke about this is the only house a millennial can afford. <laughs> Yeah. Um. Yeah. A quick update on on the tax stuff that we talked about at length last week. Um. So surprise. Uh, most of Apple's cash repre- repatriation is going to go directly to shareholders. Um. And as confirmed by every objective third party, um, the vast majority of its benefits of the entire tax bill is going to the wealthy. Yeah. I. I we're going to link to their. Their. I thought there was a really good. Uh. New York Times article. That sort of I did a obviously did a better job of explaining the some of the criticisms that we have of this. Um, no, I think we did a great job. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I mean, I <laughs> we think we attacked him for using a shovel. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think I think the key takeaway is, you know, I think we we sort of disputed the idea that tax reform. I, I, I'm not I'm not going to use that word. Tax cuts like this. <laughs> um, <laughs> I determined last week I was not calling this tax reform because uh, that's not what it is. Um, you know, tax cuts like this don't just immediately result in wage increases. But it, even if you somehow wanted to ignore that sort of basic macroeconomic fact, even if you say that yes, this this legislation directly led to some of the wage increases that we've seen, this New York Times article does a nice job of explaining that. That is, I mean, literally just a like fraction of a percent of the total benefit of the bill to corporations. And so, you know, it's a, it, it sort of, it sort of makes me even more angry about what Apple did with the whole PR stunt that they pulled around this. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, you know, there's this $88 billion benefit that's going directly to shareholders, which is a, which is exactly what we know is going to happen when you cut corporate taxes, that the overwhelming majority of that money is going to go to shareholders. Well, because that's the problem where you can say that, oh, look, look at these immediate tangible benefits in terms of wages and or like bonuses. But then in that case, you could just say that, hey, let's, let's, let's go full on redistribution of wealth and let's just give employees this money. And then you... Like, cause just because the return on investment is just so much better. If the if the whole point was to marginally increase wages of existing employees, and you do that at the expense of cutting federal tax income by like uh, ten times as much, like that's the, that's the least effective way to do anything. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> okay, um, that's fine. But yeah, Tim got to wear a shovel and, and or hold a shovel and wear a suit. He can't really wear a shovel. <laughs> <laughs> he might want to wear a shovel to dig a grave for the HomePod. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, man. Throwing shade and introducing a phenomenal segue. Pretty I, good. I, I love it. Wow. <laughs> but sorry, real quick to, to um, ask a question about last week. Was last week's episode title a, a play on death and taxes? Or was it just... Eh, 
sort of, but but not really. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it is taxes and follow up. That's. I didn't. I didn't quite get that because it's. It, it's it's is is it just death and taxes or is there like a third thing that's in the in the Well no, it's it's uh the only things inescapable in life are death and taxes or some some Okay. Well, crap like like, that. So yeah, it's it's sort of a play on that, I guess. Yeah. Oh, I just couldn't remember where it came from. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so the home pod eh, okay, I I want to have so let's pretend we're moving on to the like the full show. So this could be a a main thing. So I want to hear what you think about the home pod as it relates to being previously delayed but is being released soon and the limitations and kind of developments related to it and not just like oh we're not going to buy it because i think we're probably on the same page with that but i want to know i just i want to know what you think now based off this week's updates i mean to reuse the phrase i've been using a lot lately which you know you of course love as well from nate silver i mean my my priors haven't really changed um, there's no, there's been nothing that we've learned in the last week that's made the device seem any better or different than when it was first announced last June. It still seems very much like a music first oh, smart speaker device second. And that, you know, again, for me as someone who doesn't really listen to a ton of music at home and someone who lives in a, you know, small one bedroom apartment with neighbors and is not someone who's going to be blasting bassy beat speaker music it's you know it, it just it's not the it's not the product for me um i mean i think also i guess one thing that does sort of stand out which is not, is not helping the product is it seems like there's some features that are not going to be available at release it seems like airplay 2 is going to be very limited at least at at launch and then the, that will roll out more over th- over time um, quote unquote later this year Right, um, which in January, what does that mean? Well, I guess, I guess, like, so I mean, not to get ahead of ourselves here, but with some of the iOS eleven point three stuff that came out, I guess in that first developer beta, beta, there is some multi room AirPlay stuff. So maybe it's coming out as part of that, which is supposed to be like this spring. Um, uh, but anyway, no, I mean, this is just not a this is not a product that I'm interested in, and I. And maybe I'm being a little too generalist here um, and being a little too down on the product. But to me, the the HomePod is a really, really bad example, well, or, or a good example, I guess, depending on how you want to phrase it, of a product that would totally not be exciting, but it is because Apple's the one that's releasing it. Like People are only excited about it because it's Apple's logo on the box. Like If this were... If this were, you know, Samsung or something, like people would just not even think twice about a product like this. Well, so this this is a weird case where it's reverse grading on a curve, where a lot of times we'll say, because this has actually been a common refrain from our show, where even though I've been super down on the iPhone 10 and a bunch of other stuff like that, where it feels like a lot of stuff that competes with the i like toe to toe with the iPhone, and the iPhone is a very mature and for the most part a good product. Um, all of its competitors, all these alleged iPhone killers get graded on a curve um, relative to it. It feels kind of like the HomePod is, uh, and this is one of the things I I, I really, did you read uh, Gruber's thing today? Yeah. So we'll, we'll link to this in the notes. And I think the kind of the best takeaway line from this, which kind of gets at the point that Apple hasn't really shown us much or really hasn't shown us anything new since they announced it last June. 
He says, this feels like if Apple had started selling the iPod back in 2001 without ever having explained how the click wheel worked or how you synced music to it from iTunes and instead just said, trust us, it's great. I was actually going to talk about like a, a different part where he said, um, uh, if most people see it as a direct competitor to Amazon Echoes and Google Home dinguses, HomePod might be in trouble because it's a lot more expensive and has fewer features. But as Apple is positioning it, first and foremost, a high-quality music player. The Siri as a personal assistant smart home controller is secondary to audio quality. If there's a market for that, HomePod could clean up. Or I feel like that's that's ins- that's that's crazy in the sense that Apple, by the nature of being Apple and having a, a strong track record of like hit rates for bringing products to market when they have something compelling to offer. Um, I think it's maybe unfair to discount that, but I don't like, I, I think like the, it, uh, it automatically gets a level of credibility and presumed success because it's from Apple. We're like, I, just, how is this different than a Sonos three or something? Like if we're just going to say like, it's, it's a nice speaker, then, then go buy something from Bose. I mean, I, I just think that's the, the issue here where I, 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 and again, maybe I'm biased because this is just how I think about these products, but I'm much more interested in the smart speaker side than I am the, the music side. Exactly. And I, I tend to think that's the majority of people. Like I just, I don't really have any good sense of the market around high end home speakers. I mean, definitely they're, they're, there is a market, but I to me that seems like a really narrow market. Whereas it seems like the market for smart speakers is sort of like almost almost everybody. Like almost almost everybody could find utility out of a smart speaker. Well, at least thirty nine million Americans. Yeah, exactly. Or that like NPR survey. Right. But like so that's the, well that's the thing here. Whereas I I think John's uh, framing it this way is kind of like. If if we're just saying that Apple has chosen to make some weird like vanity accessory where like they're just like you know like we like remember like yeah the high uh, we we joke Hi-Fi two point but like remember back when like uh, Steve Jobs was just like oh yeah I think all I think all these uh, uh, Bose sound docks and like these I made for iPod accessories are just not up to snuff let's make uh, our own thing like is that what this company is doing now? Or did they really think, like, you know what, given the amount of time we thought we had, we were going to find a way to shine up Siri and make it a competent competitor for the other um, cloud-connected voice assistants? Like, I, I just, I'm confused as to which one it is. Because, right, like, it just doesn't seem fitting for Apple to make just, like, a, a, a $350 uh, speaker. I mean, like, do that under the Beats brand that you own because like every part of this product has been kind of just weirdly positioned. Like the fact that it was released at a developer conference when it had no, um, develop developer hooks or anything related to it, where they kind of felt like they had to put something out, even though they totally didn't because this product, if they're out, they are putting something out. Like it didn't have any of the smart stuff to back it up, to make it a compelling, like preemptive strike in that, um, that field. And like, just beyond that, like, just like, what is the point? Because if you're only going to tackle this, like, if this is going to be a limited smarts type speaker, like if you're using that, like that basic, like business 101 graph, like just who, the you're completely right. Like the market is too narrow to support a product like this. Because I mean, at least with Amazon, they're willing to make 
because let's 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 pretend that the Echo Dot has a, a permanent retail price of twenty nine dollars because it feels like it's always on sale, and that scales all the way up to like one fifty for like the nice ish Echo, and then you have their partnership with Sonos, where that scales up if you do care about the audio quality stuff. So just like what what is what is the HomePod for? Because they they're not making the case for it because as it launches right now. It doesn't do the multi-room audio thing, so there isn't even that thing where they're kind of like, "Well, this is this is a modern Sonos." So I, I don't even know. Yeah, well, and, and what is kind of weird about the timing too is the story we've been hearing is the hardware has been ready for a while, and the software just lagged a bit behind, and so that's why they had to push it into 2018. But it doesn't it doesn't really seem like the hardware is there still. Like what? I guess what? Well, no, I think I think the hardware is there. But I mean, I'm sorry, like, the, you're, the, 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 I meant the software. Well, yeah. Like, what is the point? Like, if you're if you if you already delayed it, like if you said it's gonna be ready by the end of the year, and you delayed it for two months, and nothing is really better than like just delay it longer. Like, what is the point? Right. Like, like here's the thing. I'm sure it, I'm sure it's a very nice speaker. I'm sure it's 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 gonna make a really nice startup sound, and it's gonna it's gonna look pretty, and it's gonna it's gonna have it's gonna have lots of nice things. It's gonna be very Appleish, and and the cardboard is gonna be exquisite. And it's going to be made of recycled paper, and it's it'll be it'll be fantastic. I don't have Apple Care for sixty nine dollars, and and Siri will continue to not work very well. But like, just uh, and again, and and as Marco brought up uh, on Twitter, like if you just look at the product page, like <laughs> the thing where they just show like one random HomePod in like in the room, it's like it's just the blandest looking thing in the world. Like they they can't figure out what you're supposed to to do with it. And if you scroll down the product page. It says create stereo, uh, stereo sound with a second HomePod coming later this year. AirPlay two add HomePod to more rooms coming later this year. So, yeah. Anyway, I like it. I'm not trying to be not trying to be negative or um, like some like. And here's the thing where I will come to Apple's defense because I've heard a lot of things of like like a lot of think pieces of people saying the HomePod is is Apple proving they can't innovate anymore or they can't. Uh, like hang with like the big guys or something, which is kind of true in terms of Siri really lagging behind and not making meaningful improvements over like the past three years. Whereas Google Assistant and the um, Amazon Alexa slash AWS backend has gotten a lot better. I don't think the HomePod in its own is emblematic of some super dire innovation drought or something that um, is going on inside of Apple. But I do question the executive decisions related to how and when this product should be rolled out, because right now it seems like, like I, I just the whole idea of it being a preemptive strike, like I just against what, like why, like why does this exist right now? So I I mostly agree with that sentiment. I that the HomePod is certainly not a sign that Apple is doomed. But I guess the where I would push back a little bit is if you believe that these smart speakers are going to be one of the big next frontiers in tech, which it, it's you know it, it's yet to be proven, but I think it's definitely a possibility. It's bad for Apple to be as far behind as they are with that, and the HomePod demonstrates that they're nowhere even close to catching up, and that's a problem. Well, so that that I totally agree with. Like my my main concern is this proves that. So so why release a three hundred fifty dollar product that says oh shit we're we're way behind on this yeah I, I I don't I don't know and I think you know I I also read the 
emphasis on music as being sort of waving the white flag with we know we can't make a, a device where Siri's the main focus. We have to make a device that is music focused. And, you know, Apple points to their whole, you know, love of music and how music's always been an integral part of the company. And, and sure, that's all true, but it, I... I can't imagine that in an alternate universe where Siri it was sort of the the best voice assistant that Apple wouldn't come out with a device just like the HomePod, but instead of focusing on its music attributes, they would instead focus on how great it is as a voice assistant. Oh hell yeah, they would. Because right. because you know like when the software team is making an update for a new version of iOS, like they're literally like half of the stuff they're adding the only utility of it is to fill keynote time because it's just such a like a weirdly specific niche type of oh go go have a siri turn off my or go turn off the blender while it calls a uh, lift for a ride or something like it, it these aren't like real world uses that are that are mainstream that can't like if they if they wanted to say that hey Siri has improved they would say uh Siri search the web for how old is um Tom Hanks and it, then it says, oh, here's what I found on the web or something like that. I don't know. How old is Tom Hanks? I'm guessing 68? Uh, something like that, I guess. Uh, 61. Oh. Hey, he's a Bay Area boy. He was from Concord. Oh, I didn't know that. Have you seen the post? No. Um, it's supposed to be really good. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I gotta use my, I gotta go pick up my uh, movie pass thing. Or what was that? Is that what it's called? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's gonna be good. So I didn't, you know, not not to um, sidebar us here too much, but um, please, I, I, you know, I didn't realize that with MoviePass you needed to physically be at the theater in order to to get your ticket. Which I maybe maybe I've mentioned that before that I didn't realize that, but that's as someone who now really prefers to go to movies where you have a, a reserved seat, which means that you're yeah. buying the ticket ahead of time. That's that's sort of a, a big negative. Eh, I'm not sure that's what it's for. Yeah, because if if you're reserving your seat, you're, you're this is a much this is a much more elaborate thing. Yeah, and you're going to some like uh, some premium marina style theater or something. So one thing I wasn't clear on um, either is like, does this work if you wanted to go see like an IMAX showing of something? Can you still just use your movie pass? I have no idea. Okay, you were watching fancy movies, sir. Well, but that's that's my point is when I go to the theater now, it's it's got to have it's got to have something like I just I don't want to go just to a regular theater. Otherwise, I would just prefer to watch a movie at home. Huh, yeah, especially with especially with the fancy OLED TV. Yeah, hmm. I don't know. I, I'm kind of the opposite. The whole point is it's like this whole thing of movie pass. I feel like the point of it is that it's to. Well, I, I think the point of it is just to make movie theaters mad. But the, the, <laughs> indir the indirect reason why you'd want this is that um, kind of just to, to reduce the friction of would I want to see this movie? Like, I think if you're somebody who's going to make a very conscientious decision to say, I'm watching four movies this year and I want to have a perfect seat and I want my nachos and I want my craft beer, which is not me. Like, that that's a thing you can do, but that's probably not what this is for. I think this for like for a person like maybe like me where I would kind of be like I don't feel like paying fourteen dollars to go maybe watch a movie that I can maybe just wait to hopefully come on Netflix or I'll rent it on iTunes or something. I don't know. I think it it probably can't be that specific. 
So what do you think about this? So some news came out since our last recording about them, them being MoviePass, wanting to potentially invest in films so that they they sort of have a stake in their success and that potentially being a way to close some of the profitability gap that their current model has. Is, is that is that like a viable thing, you think? So I read that. I don't I don't know because I think that's kind of valid. But also when uh, you think about the capital investments that Netflix and a lot of um, uh, direct-to-consumer like video-on-demand stuff is doing, it feels like getting top-tier talent and making content uh, inexpensively that allows that type of proposition to pay off, that's challenging. Where I think adding a lot of physicality to that is probably less than ideal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um all right what i think that's pretty much it okay uh do you want to talk about the most important thing of the week uh yeah actually maybe maybe of this decade <laughs> wow <laughs> amazon uh, holy sh- i'm so excited um i'm i'm only half joking about the road trip thing yeah no i know i know um you, uh, blow off uh blow off tahoe or wherever you're going this weekend Oh, we get well, well. Let's wait. We'll wait until uh, we'll wait until the Model Three. Yeah, that's, that's going to be in twenty twenty one. Otherwise, probably. otherwise Elon, otherwise Elon doesn't get paid. That's right. Yeah, uh, that was a dumb story. <laughs> I hate when CEOs pull that bullshit. I'm taking a one dollar salary. Whatever. Well, um, it, I mean, Tesla's kind of become the poster child for you know weird corporate stunts. Mm-hmm. Like they had the they had the pick. The big Model Three event uh, in 2017, and then they didn't really actually. I mean, they they like in air quotes like gave you know the first like 20 Model Threes to people, but it was like all employees and stuff. It's well, know. yeah, and they were all assembled by hand, like yeah, like right, again yeah. because they, they they haven't been able to ramp up certain parts of it, so a lot of like the parts just don't fit together. Like just yeah. uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, so Amazon Go. Uh, literally, do you know when this originally came out? Like when they were like, here's Amazon Go. This is our concept of the convenience store slash grocery store of the future. So remember, you know, and this is a reward for the longtime listeners. It was about this time last year where I was heading up into the area and there had been talks. It it must have been sometime in 2016 because there had been talks of like, oh, this is coming sometime in, in like 2017. And I was hopeful that when I was up there last March that it would be open. But it was it was still in the phase where it was um, only open to employees. And I, it, Amazon had acknowledged at one point, it must have been maybe after that date, where they had said, "Oh, you know, yeah, we we did hope that this was open by now, but we're you know we're we're working on the tech." And then there was you know the rumors that came out that basically said like if there were more than like three or four people in the store, it just the system kind of panicked. Um, so I mean, so yeah, evidently they've worked that out, and now it's uh, now it's open. And yeah, it seems seems super cool. Yeah, this is this kind of seems. So, did you read or skim Ben Thompson's thing about this? I I did not read his article. No. So please put it in the show notes. But it, okay. it, it's very good. Um, and his his kind of main thesis about this is that like this is kind of like what Amazon and a lot of technology companies do best, where like there's high initial fixed asset like um and infrastructure and programming uh investment up front but the incremental cost of business is very very low and that's one of the things where kind of only amazon can do this 
which I think is really true in a lot of ways where like this is probably be something that's really hard for other people to replicate because like you would think that like Safeway and Kroger and all the other people and I would have said Whole Foods but that's not their problem anymore I guess um oh man an automated Whole Foods uh that'd be nice but just like it's gonna be really hard for the other people to compete just because there's such a high barrier of investment to it's just kind of the way that Apple is struggling to keep up with um like the other voice assistants, like everybody else trying to develop this technology from scratch and not have the uh, logistical backend, all the programming talent, the cloud computing power and all that kind of stuff. Like that's just something that Amazon has a huge, huge advantage to. And they're showing a proof of concept in a really innovative way that makes commerce super, super uh, frictionless for customers, which is what Amazon did for traditional e-commerce as well. So like I I am just so excited about this. Not even just like kind of the whole, um, hopefully there's no lines type thing, but also just like it just seems like this is how shopping should be. And again, and also before like to head off a whole bunch of other stuff. Like this is not like oh the they're trying to put a bunch of people out of work. Like eventually jobs will probably be lost in this, but it means that they're able to reallocate human resources into like other type parts of the experience right yeah like that's that's one of the weird parts about like how the 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 media has been reporting on this whereas it's poorly reported yeah the the new york times article which um i read through initially which we'll put in the notes as well it's touched on that and i i'm i'm a little i'm a little skeptical of that i mean I, i i i i'm hopeful that that's how this goes but I don't know. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not sure that all of the lost jobs at, at the front of the store are going to be replaced. Well, no, not at all. Like, I don't, I don't think that's it, but I think like, like restocking going into more, like, I don't know if you saw, I think it was, I forget if it was recode. Um, they had really good pictures of the inside of the, um, Amazon Go store. Mm-hmm. And you saw that like on the inside, there was actually like Blue Apron or Freshly or HelloFresh or any of those fucking meal delivery things. Like a lot of those, they have like grab and go like uh, food prep kits where it's not just like here's a pre-made salad, but like actually that kind of stuff. Like there are people that will be re, their job will be reallocated to doing that type of stuff so that there's more compelling and less just here's here's a box of Cheez-Its type stuff inside of a store. But I don't think like a, every single job will be created because that's the whole point of technology is so that eventually you have more efficient use of human cap. God damn it. I feel like that sounds No, nice. no, I, I, hum- I, I, yeah, no, well, no, but, I, but, I, but I'm, I'm, no, but I'm, but I'm talking about it too sterilely, yeah, I guess. Well, but yeah, I mean, well, that's, well, I mean, that's, that's a huge challenge, right? Is because, well, yeah, because that for, for things to uh, progress and, and get better, like things have to get more efficient. That's, that's literally the, the industrial revolution, the few times that, it, that it's happened and we have big technological changes, you know, like human capital gets reallocated. Right. And that's how it is. But like, I'm, yeah, yeah. Th- but here's the thing. Like, yeah, no, you're totally right that it's not going to be a net zero, like uh job type situation. Like that's, that's not how it's going to work, but uh, yeah. But, it like the cons like, I mean, the, the, it's so the, the the concept is incredibly cool. I mean, I think the consequences of it are something that we still 
want to be thoughtful of and and still become you know still maintain awareness around but but yeah i mean the just the concept and the the tech behind this is incredibly cool and i put a link into into slack earlier this week and i i i vividly remember this this ad that ibm did and i don't i'm not sure if you watched it but um it was an ad where it's supposed to be look like somebody is like just walking through a store and it's like randomly like shoplifting stuff. And the whole point was like 1999. It was like, oh, uh, IBM e-commerce solution. It's going to allow you to allow people to just go grab stuff in your store and, and get a receipt on the way out, which is actually really cool and prescient in a lot of ways. Like where kind of like, I don't know if you remember those, um, this is the future and AT&T is going to be the company that brings it to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So th- those were good. And, and and it's funny how ha- half of those... Um, end up being totally not true and the other half were provided by somebody else but um yeah like this just seems like the natural evolution of things like there like there's a lot of things that have advanced and gotten better and like there's like so many things that are just so much more um natural and instantaneous and things about our day whether it goes to to smartphones or the like thinking about like on-demand transportation um from pioneers like lyft and stuff like that but i i like it seems like this is the next. This is the next step. This feels way more logical than like drone delivery or some, some yes, to- crap like that. Totally, totally. You know, yeah. You you look at something like this and go, yeah, that that's that's exactly where where things are going. Whereas you mentioned drones, and it's there's like a million questions around that. I mean, there there are some there are some questions around this too, but um, but yeah, no, it, it totally just makes sense and when you think about like and you you think about other things too like um you know how like all those what is it doordash and seamless like all these things where like they're doing food delivery like well they're thinking like oh can we get robots to deliver the food no just just find a place where it's easy for a human being to just go grab it and go and remove all the friction of being like oh i have to wait in line i've got to do all this stuff and that's why i want to order in for takeout and stuff right like just make technology more human and make it easier well, and I think uh, I think there there's another piece of this which which you you mentioned, but I think it's worth going back to, which is yes, this is sort of a traditional grocery store, but there also yeah, it does seem to be a huge emphasis around pre-made meals and mm-hmm. you know, easy to assemble meals, which I think that's sort of a, a sh- going to be a shift in grocery stores as well. Like there you you I maybe this is jumping ahead a little bit, but like you had linked to something in the in the thing this week around millennials killing costco uh, <laughs> and i think that i mean like I, I i see the point there and i don't think it's like completely wrong but i just i think there's a little bit more of a nuance there i think grocery stores costco included need to evolve but i don't think they're going to just become obsolete all of a sudden because drones are going to be delivering me my my hamburger well that's that is exactly that's exactly the thing because again there, there's <clears throat> there's a lot of people who kind of err like way too far on one side of the technological equation <clears throat> and feel like like you know what literally everything's everything's going to be e-commerce and amazon has to buy target because nobody's going to go to target to buy toilet paper anymore it's like that's that's not a thing millennials are going to do because they love their smartphones and they want to shop while they're on snapchat sending stuff to people like that that's not what it is. It's going to be a way of using technology to remove friction, to better understand consumer preferences, to provide a more customized and personally tailored experience that makes your customers want to go do something with you. 
And like that is like this store that Amazon has created. It's not even the like it's so much more than the checkout experience. Like it's not just that, oh, if I want like a, a bottle of water um, and and like some like pre-made salad that I can just go grab it and I'm in and out in 45 seconds. It's the fact that Amazon now knows that I was the person that walked into the store. They know my email address. They know what products I, I looked at and didn't buy. They know what products I actually did leave the store with and what products I rebuy. And they're able to make smart decisions on what products to stock in the future based on geographics and demographics. That is so much data that is way more useful than what Kroger or Safeway can get by trying to give me these weird incentives through like some Safeway club card and like Chevron gas rewards. And I'll, I'll, I'll like the weird shit that people have linked to their phone number and done is something that Amazon is doing on just such a much more granular and personalized and rewarding scale. Mm-hmm. So like, I am so excited about this. Yeah. It just seems like such a just nice store too. Like I, I'm also really impressed that they're selling alcohol. That's um... oh, like I sent you a thing. I did not know that uh, rosé apparently is paired with chicken and salad. <laughs> I don't think that's actually true, but I think anything paired with chicken and salad. Yeah, yeah a sparkling a sparkling wine is reserved for fried. I mean, I want fried chicken and, and, and sparkling wine. That sounds but I, really good. There's a there's a place in. Can we cancel um, the show? Hold on. No. Where can you get fried chicken? There, in yeah, no. There's there's a place in San Francisco. I think that basically only sells fried chicken and champagne. That's like their thing. Where? Whoa! Whoa! Stop! Stop everything! What is this? I, I'll, I'll I'll have to if you if you could, you can kill some some air dead air here. I, I'll I'll try to find it here. Fried chicken, champagne, San Francisco. Hard knocks cat no. Okay, well, like, <laughs> the second result is KFC. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> um, uh, please tell me. Oh, wait. Holy crap. Somebody just, like, somebody sent this to me six hours ago. Hold on. Um, something called Bubbly Fest? No, that can't be true. Master Sommelier Chris Blanchard will be bringing his popular fried chicken and champagne dinner straight to us from Napa. I don't know. Okay. Hopefully you can tell me. <clears throat> but yeah, Amazon Go, it's, it seems amazing. I really hope this actually is something that can scale fairly like quickly. Because I assume like Amazon, they're kind of like, I don't know. They seem like they fall in between Tesla and Apple in the sense of like how fully baked something has to be to bring it to market. And I don't know. I assume that they did the adequate amount of of testing for this to go like mainstream with it with the public so i don't know i hope it scales and i hope they can incorporate this technology into like this this the this how effectively apparently this has been going or how well it's going puts the whole foods acquisition more into um perspective yeah i think i think that's that's totally true um i may have just been making up this chicken thing i, well, I, hold I thought on. it was no, here's the thing, thing. You, you you can you can open this restaurant. I would go. I would be there every day. Okay. <clears throat> buy out one of the buy out the tiny blue barn that's next to the Apple store. Yeah, there you go. And then, and then when people are trying to get their battery replacement at the Apple store and being told <laughs> it's out of stock, they could be like, "Ah, oh, this is slow iPhone. I'm I'm, I, I'm so mad. I could drink all day." And then you'd be like, "Hey, fried chicken and champagne." <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Uh, th- th- I think that's probably a show title. Just FYI. Wait, which which phrase you, you threw a lot fried at chicken me and there. champagne <laughs> no yours fried chicken and champagne okay 
Um, or I forget. I don't know. Yeah, we, there's a, there's we a can also we can also call account uh, call it human capital, and then it could be the most boring. That that's something that Paul Krugman would say. That that is something he would say, but that's not going to be it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Ugh, dessert wines. Now I'm upset. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. <laughs> they they should have a, a a like one bottle. Maybe it's unpictured where it just says Moscato and it says like I don't know, just like garbage. <laughs> <laughs> what's an aromatic wine like i know what an aromatic is but like is that a specific type of of wine the 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 number of adjectives around wine i just cannot possibly keep track of what are aromatic white well it's a made-up thing well well, i mean everything in wine is made up gortsterminer is not an aromatic wine gortsterminer Gewurztraminer? It's it's a Austrian or German wine. It's actually no, I, I, I was I was kind of correcting your pronunciation. I don't think I'm mispronouncing it. How how'd you say? I think you are. I'm not going to repeat it. Gewurztraminer. I think you're mispronouncing it. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll... <laughs> can we get Robert Mueller to <laughs> to arbitrate? I'd be I'd be happy to talk with him. <laughs> Wait, is that what Trump said? Yeah. Oh, but <laughs> and then did you hear? Did you did you see Ty Cobb's statement afterwards? It was something to the effect of, "Oh, you know, he was he was in a hurry to get to to Davos, and so we it it, it was taken out of context." It's like, mm-hmm. oh, is that is, is that like when uh, what's what's his chief of staff's name? Peter Kelly, something. J- John Kelly. John Kelly. Uh, he's saying, "Oh, uh, he was misinformed about like the logistical um, uh, applications of the wall during the campaign." <laughs> Yet every every time he can, uh, and he he thinks people are getting bored with him, he he will yell, "Build that wall!" or some. Uh. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Uh, hey, Maggie Haberman wrote that article. Okay. Um, what was after Amazon Go? Or do you have anything else about this? Um, no. I Bring mean, one I, to California. Let's, yeah, let's cancel the Shake Shack. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would love love to experience one of these. I think that would be really neat. Ooh, a, a, a taste of Whole Foods Market. Yeah, I, I saw that. that. That's that's some damn good synergy. Yeah, I guess there were there are some some products that you would normally. I don't know if you would only find them at Whole Foods, but they're I guess the products that are featured at least at Whole Foods that are also in this store. And they even have some of their uh, wickedly prime um, house brand uh, Amazon <laughs> right. Fresh stuff. Uh huh. That's this is smart, and they got the and uh, and they have coconut Lacroix. I I hope big data will tell them nobody, that nobody that is wants it. Here's the thing: people drink it though. Well, people yeah, people drink coconut water. It's 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 a thing. And people drink craft beer. Well, but craft beer is good. Mm. What was that? It, that coffee beer from the Relay uh, meetup was actually not. Does inedible uh, apply towards liquids? Yeah, it does now. Okay, there we go. I like that. Yeah. Cool. All right. So what else was there after that? I'm lost in my window, so I can't find my thing. We already, we already kind of talked about MoviePass. Actually, let, let's. I think that's a good, um, uh, even though it's a retroactive transition, that kind of leads into to Netflix a little bit. So they had they had a crazy quarter in terms of uh, new subscriptions. They Yeah, they sure did. So they are, was it, uh, let me open up the Variety article. 8.3 million new subscribers in the quarter. And even in a, what we thought was probably a very saturated market already, uh, 2 million new subs in the United States. Mm-hmm. 
pretty pretty good. Yeah. Um, there is so much stuff on Netflix though. So I don't I don't know how they keep up. Do you do you ever do you have issues finding new content on Netflix or do you like how do, how does new original stuff on Netflix come to you? Usually, word usually of through word of mouth. Twitter? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Word of mouth. Well, and I feel like there's sort of a, a kind of a weird crossover between a lot of the the tech stuff that we follow and movies and TV. Like a lot of, I guess, the hosts that we listen to are also into movies and TV. So I find a lot of good recommendations there too. Yeah. I'm also somebody like I'm like I'm never, you know, I'm never usually the one to identify the like hot new show that I then tell everybody about. Usually it's, you know, I it's like, oh, like all of my family and friends are are watching this show or they've seen this movie, so I'll do that too. Well, yeah, but you return the favor in 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 other ways. Well, I mean, I fix their computers and stuff, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You run their Windows update, <laughs> right? You update you update their Kaspersky antivirus. Uh uh you you restart their wrt 54g yep yep uh man haven't seen linksys in like five years yeah they still i guess they still make really nice routers no but the but the default blank ssid oh, you don't, you don't yeah. see the free ticket of linksys wi-fi anymore no the routers have fortunately come a long way towards having uh security enabled out of the box yeah Oh, did I tell you I'm gonna throw the arrow into the garbage? You, and you I reordered. Yeah. I ordered a diff. I finally ordered a different access point. What'd you buy? Uh, I'll, I'll review it next week. But it's from Ubiquity. It's the same one that makes my uh, weird, overly complicated uh, Linux-based router. God. So are you are you just like basically creating your own mesh network from scratch? Well, it's not mesh, just because. And, and here's the, and that's the thing with you as well, where I just don't like your apartment's not big enough to need it. Just have one good access point. Like I think mesh networking makes sense for people with houses, but like I don't know, we, like it's it's the barrier and we live in yeah, apartments. But, I don't know, but it, I you know, but again, the Eero makes the setup just so easy, and I just Wi-Fi is just I, I just don't want to futz with it. I really don't. But the thing, but I'm futzing with it in the sense that one, if I transfer too much data from my iMac, I don't know if it's a chipset issue or what the deal is. Like. It just stops working, and I have to turn Wi-Fi off on the iMac, wait a minute, and turn it back on. And literally, I'm finding like three times a week, even though my internet connection is fine, the Eero is just like, it just, it crawls. So I'm I'm starting to think that there may have been sort of a, a wonky update they put out, because the last couple of weeks, I've had some, some Wi-Fi trouble too, where exactly the same thing, internet's working fine, but if I'm transferring something to the Synology, or if I'm walking about in the house... Either the internet will be really slow or I'll have to actually turn Wi-Fi off and back on to reconnect. And I, I've never, ever had issues like that until somewhat recently. So, yeah, I, I wonder if maybe there's just kind of some bad software, some bad firmware they've got going right now. Yeah. So I'll, I'll let people know if, if the ubiquity is, is, is worth it. Because even though the configuration on that other thing was kind of a huge pain in the ass, um, it is rock solid. Like that is not the fault in, in in the network. Like that, all the wired stuff that I have going on uh, works flawlessly. So we'll see. Um, did you end up uh, getting time to read the uh, Kalanick thing in Bloomberg? I totally didn't. So we we might have to table that for a week. That was a good uh, switcheroo. I totally thought you were gonna say yes. I did. <laughs> um, no, I re- I really want I want to, but um, 
Well, we, we talked we talked about this. I want to read more, and and so far have not been very successful. Yeah. Um. Yeah, before we finish, okay. So we'll we'll park a couple of these. Um. So let me let me do one quick thing, and then we'll talk about um that Nokia scale thing that you talked about, and then we'll 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 move on. So I want to know if if I'm justified about something. And and it's 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 my problem with Squarespace. Oh yeah, you've you've gone to war with Squarespace. I I really need to figure out what I'm going to do. So I have a project that I'm working on that I'm not going to talk about. But is this is this the one that I know about? Oh yeah, yeah okay yeah 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 we. So I created a second. Please don't yeah, it's, please it's, don't it's, say like the name or anything where I have to come up with some creative way of editing. I will not, but I really think there's in the Dropbox folder for this podcast, you probably should have the, the Corgi bark <laughs> there just on the ready. Okay. Um I had to close this fried chicken tab too. Um I started another website with Squarespace and I just started another personal plan just because I'm like, you know what? I have a personal plan for my own personal website and it has worked fine. I think it's slightly overpriced for what it is, but I mean whatever. Um, so I started that for the second site that I'm going to work on. And I didn't closely pay attention to like the plan configuration page. Cause I'm like, yeah, I signed up for the other site three years ago. I assume these plans are at least mostly similar. So I prepaid for a year just cause that's otherwise Squarespace. Oh, we should talk about the Amazon prime thing. <laughs> otherwise, if you pay monthly, they kind of screw you on the price. Um, so yeah, I did that and I started building the site and everything's great. And there's just a couple things that I need to tweak before it's finally done. And one of them is that um, I want I need I want the logo to be slight um, be transparent on one page and not on another. And the way that you would accomplish that is by using um, a little bit of CSS to alter some of the display values of the PNG file. And apparently, um, they have restructured their plans and made um, uh, custom CSS and a few other things, uh, commerce and business only features. And and that was not the case on the old plans and I can still do that on my personal website with, with no ill effect on whatever the like $12 a month plan that I have is. So that's no longer the case. And I was, I was like, well, that's, that's really dumb. Like I'm not going to pay an extra $6. I'm not going to pay an extra $72 a year to change the color on a logo like that. That, that, that's silly to use Jason Snell's term. That's dumb. So I, I email him. I'm like, yeah, and I was very civil and polite about it. And I'm like, yeah, like that's kind of weird. My my other site that's also on what's called the personal plan has this feature, and like I'm not trying to run like a, an e-commerce site or do anything like complex. I just want to be able to make this one alteration. And I get a support email back that's totally just like boilerplate copy and pasted stuff, saying like, oh, we don't help people with custom CSS, and that's that's uh, just something that you do on your own. And great, great, great. We don't offer design help. And I'm like, that, that didn't really read anything I wrote, and that's not what I asked at all. And then I asked again, and I got another different copy and pasted answer that still didn't answer my question. And then the third email I sent, I think I said something along the lines of, um, can you please actually read this and not just do a bunch of text expander stuff when replying to my email? And then uh, they basically said, uh, no, you're shut out of luck. Uh, you have to pay $18 a month if you want to do this thing you can already do. So am I wrong? Am I, am I being unreasonable? I don't think so. No. I mean, none of, none of this should be as complicated as it sounds like it is. 
So what do I do? Because here's the thing: I, I've I've paid for the year, and uh, this it, this email chain went back and forth for about ten emails. Um, and and because it's Squarespace, even though they offer, as you know, on podcast ads, they offer twenty four by seven uh, support uh, with people stationed in Portland, New York, and Dublin. Uh, but apparently, it takes thirty six hours for them to reply to every single email, which was also kind of annoying. Um, so what do I do? Because I prepaid for a year, and basically, at best, after escalating a bunch of times, I basically they said, "Oh, we'll give you a prorated refund if you're that unsatisfied." So, do I basically transform the site that I've prepaid into um, uh, SquarespaceIsTheWorst.com, or do I give in and not lose the work that I've done and pay the extra seventy-two dollars for the year? So, is is the the primary concern that if you were to try to rebuild what you've started on some other platform, that that would just be a huge amount of work? Because I mean, you can, can't can't you can't you export out of Squarespace? I assume they they find a way to screw you on that too. Mm. Like, because the thing is, I've done like a lot of the work in terms of like the 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 photography for it and like uh like writing all the copy and stuff. Um, so that stuff like that that took time, but that I don't think that's fair to lump that in. In terms of like time spent building the site, but it's also kind of like I don't want to redo it, right? But also that's that's dumb. But also like if I'm thinking of like a cost value thing, like oh, whatever, it's a cup of coffee a month, or a, a pricey cup of coffee a month. But like that's on like I hate to be one of those on principle people, but this is, this is really pissing me off. It's like it's a cup of coffee at one of those fancy Starbucks reserve locations. Oh, that's another thing. I when I okay. So you have, you have, you have, 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 we'll, have you been to that new one? Well, no. Let's 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 come back to this, or or we'll, we'll put we'll we'll stick a, a fork in, or a, <laughs> let's pause the sous vide timer on what I'm. <laughs> okay, I don't think that's actually how it works. Um, when I, you you talked about you were up in uh, Seattle like earlier last year, I t- I ended up going in like the early fall as well, and I, and I was praying that Amazon Go would be open. And it wasn't then either. Mm-hmm. But then I was just like looking like, ah, what's some stuff to do in Seattle? And apparently they had like some crazy fancy like Starbucks reserve roastery. Yeah. And I forgot to go there, which is kind of a bummer. But apparently there's one here now. Yeah, there's. So there's. So where is it? Uh, it's uh, it's downtown in San Francisco. It's around uh, Mission and Main, I think, were the cross streets. And is that it, the Salesforce area? Well, actually, it, it's, it's, it's all it's, Salesforce it's, it's, it's all it's all the <laughs> Salesforce area now. Yeah. Um, uh. Yeah, they they um they actually they had an employee sort of just out in front of the store just kind of talking to people explaining what it was and I overheard some of that conversation and I guess this location in San Francisco is like the 26th location in the United States and it's um I don't know it it's it's a it's a very niche thing for sure. I mean it's it's super fancy. It's got a whole separate area for if you want to sit down and have an espresso. They have like a full sit down espresso bar um they also do have just, you know, your traditional kind of Starbucks to go area, but they also have Starbucks reserve specific menu items that are incorporated within that. Um, it's all very fancy. It's all very nice. It's all extremely expensive. <laughs> I think the cold brew that I got was $5. Um, and it came, it came with a cherry on top, literally a, a cherry. Ew. Yeah. That, that was, yep. I was th- thrown off by that a little bit. You only um, put that in whiskey. Come on. Right. Exactly. Um, is that the one that has a, has a cherry in it? Uh, you can do a new style old fashioned that'll have a cherry muddled in it. Yeah. Oh, oh, <laughs> good, good word. M- muddled. Um, yeah, I've, well, never, I've never heard of that in, in in that sense. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, you muddle hmm. you muddle fruit into drinks. That's that's. Oh, I that. thought you just muddled through years in congestion. <laughs> just... Yeah, that um, that too. Uh, yeah, but yeah. see, it's the Starbucks Reserve. Not not my not my chef special this week. I mean, I'm 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 glad I went in and like saw it, but it's not not somewhere I would I would go with any regularity. Yeah, if you're in the neighborhood, I, um, yeah, coffee shops are tricky downtown. Um, well, because you can probably just, you, I mean, well, downstairs, you can just go to the Starbucks and then that's mostly fine. Oh, yeah, again, that's Oh, like but you're any, still a Pete's guy, though, yeah. I forgot. Um, yeah. Or, or do you, you don't... I, I don't... I don't have a super strong allegiance, but I, I do, I think, generally prefer Pete's over um, Starbucks. Got it. All right, uh, back, to, back to Squarespace. Um, what do I do? Do I give the dumb corporation my money and get my sanity back? Or do I repurpose the site as like fuck you squarespace.com or like something really civil? Um, I don't, I don't know. I, uh, I don't, I don't think I have a good answer for you either. Uh, that's disappointing. Okay. That's it. I'm, I, I, th- I just think I'm striking out with every podcast advertiser. Yeah, you kind of uh, are. Like the Casper mattress is god awful. Uh, Eero, just I'm glad that you're having the bug. T- or not that I want you to have bad Wi-Fi, because it's like having bad electricity in your house. Um, <laughs> and we have that too. <laughs> Wait, is that true? Well, I mean, I, I, we've we've talked about the the wiring in here is old, so it limits some of the the smart home stuff we can do. Oh, but you're not getting like weird like uh, oh no, where no. Your UPS will start like tripping off or anything. No, 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 yeah. Um, or as Gray Davis called them, brownouts. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. That's a throwback. Uh, but yeah, and uh, what? Uh, what? Uh, there was one other podcast advertiser that I that was kind of a stinkeroo. Uh, I forgot. Anyway, that's it. Who knows? I'll, I'll give updates if I ever repurpose the site or if it actually launches and becomes a project. All right. Um. So let, let, let's do one quick mini topic and then we'll get to chef specials do you want to talk about pandora and spotify getting into podcasting or do you want to talk about um smart devices losing features over time well, let's let's do both of those real quick um oh, wow so, yeah let's, let's just go, let's go for it um yeah i think the i think both the spotify and pandora news around podcasting is is potentially interesting i Definitely interpret it as a sign that podcasting continues to make headway into becoming more of a mainstream thing. I I, I do still really think that there's a lot of room for podcasting to grow. I'm I'm bullish on podcasting, if you will. Um, <laughs> um so I, I'm really interested to see where this goes. Um, I mean, I I I do think that both companies sort of have a bit of a history of of features that they that sound good on on paper and then not they don't necessarily pan out but um but you know i i i'm interested to see what they both do what what things about the market like cuz podcasting hmm, let me ask do you still think podcasting is in its early days i do yeah that's that's another way of of saying kind of what i'm trying to get at here what makes you think that I just feel more and more often that I'm finding more people that listen to podcasts. Whereas I feel like in 2006, when I first started listening to podcasts, it was anytime you try to bring that up to somebody, be like, what, like, what the hell is a podcast? And I, well, I guess I think that's my point where, so you still think it's the early days. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But if you're, if you're saying that a lot of people who maybe would not have come across them have, 
doesn't that mean it's probably kind of mature? Well, it's not even necessarily all about people discovering podcasts, like going from no podcast listening to now starting to listen to podcasts. It's also people listening who to more podcasts. Hmm. Do you think it gets it, it? Well, I mean, it has to get more corporatized than it is now. But. Yeah, ex exactly right. And that's the 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 thing that the Pandora announcement really talked a lot about, sort of like finding ways to to help uh, podcasters uh, monetize. You ever think there's like a Netflix for podcasting, or like do you ever think there's more? Well, I mean, because isn't Audible kind of doing that? Like, don't they have like a you have an Audible subscription and then you get access to some like kind of premium podcasts? Uh, I, I vaguely remember something like that. Yeah. Like, I assume that becomes more of a thing. Because, like, there's got to be some big... Like, maybe Serial, they, f they find a third thing to, like, make an exploitative season about. And then they they do that as well. I don't know. Like, there's got to be more money in it. Because it has to move beyond the thing where... Like, going back to what we were just talking about, where there's, like, four companies that sponsor everything. Right. There's more money to be had. Like, kind of like how Mike half-jokingly says he wants a car. Like, that that makes sense. Right. And I just kind of don't know when that inflection point is in the market. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I hope whatever gets more people listening to shows. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah, all the great shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the Nokia thing. Yeah. So th this is a weird one. So I, a year and a half or so ago now, bought the, uh, well, at the time it was, how, how did we determine we say this? Well, you you Withings? think I I always called it Withings. Withings, okay, yeah, that, yeah, that's that sounds right. Um, I had bought one of their Wi-Fi scales, and I I opted to get their kind of high end one that had um this additional uh feature. What was this called? This was called um, pulse. Uh, what was it pulse wave velocity? Yeah, and it was a a measurement. Sounds cool. Uh, it does, yeah. <laughs> Um, and it, it, it was a, it's a measurement of the rate at which, uh, blood flows through your veins, uh, with the, the concept being the slower and more constant, the speed, the healthy you are and, and vice versa. Um, and yeah, there, there are some other aspects to the higher end scale. It's a little bit slimmer. It's got a rechargeable battery. So it wasn't just about that feature, but certainly the headlining difference between this and, the lower tier Wi-Fi scale they sell was this uh, pulse wave velocity measurement. And kind of out of nowhere, they made an announcement this week that uh, upon what they called a regular review, they identified that <laughs> the, this feature shouldn't exist. That this, well, that this feature needs to be more heavily scrutinized and potentially be more heavily regulated. Because I mean, the, the I mean, any any kind of health data is, yeah. is tricky, right? You mm -hmm. you can quickly get into an area where you know you 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 kind of fall under the jurisdiction of the of the FDA, and that's that's a whole different ballgame. Um, but the, this is this is just such a this is such a tricky thing because you know we've we've talked ad nauseum about how new features will get added to products and it'll, it'll be behind a paywall and that's annoying but that's it doesn't interrupt your core use of the product i mean you, presumably when you bought the product you were happy with the feature set it had and yes it's annoying that new features are locked behind this paywall that maybe you don't have an interest in but at the very least you still have the product that you originally paid for in this situation 
literally features that you had originally paid for are being stripped out of the product, which is like the exact opposite of the benefit that you would normally associate with software updates. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a, it's a really, it's a tricky thing. It is. So, cause I think with this particular one, so like you're, like you're, like both your and Nokia is the valuation of this being that maybe this is something that does it's it's a medical statistic that is maybe requires more care sure but that's also something you think about before you build it into a product i guess well yeah i mean the, the fact that this product's been around for a couple of years and that this is now just coming to light i mean i to, i guess to be fair nokia did just semi-recently complete their acquisition of the of the withings platform and their hardware so Maybe this is the first time going through whatever this review process was post acquisition, but yeah, it's it's the timing of it's very strange. Yeah, it's 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 tricky. Um, yeah, there's a lot more stuff that people are buying, and and the the other compounding factor here is that a lot of other things that maybe people think are like new and innovative that they might want to like kickstart or like that are maybe like hardware startups. A lot of this is like it's it's first or second generation hardware that you're buying at probably a, a fairly decent premium that relies on some type of cloud backend or continuous software uh, link that um, if the company doesn't pan out or if something doesn't work, like that's just gone, which, which is, which is kind of a weird situation that most people didn't think about before. Because whenever you bought something, you kind of like, I'm going to use it till it breaks, not I'm going to use it until the company gets bored or the company no longer is a viable going concern. Or realize or realizes that they now need to have a feature further scrutinized. Uh, exactly. Yeah. And, and and this goes back to, because we talked about um, Canary when they kind of, well they, had, well, they had their user revolt, but they had the whole thing where they took a bunch of features that were previously free and they didn't get removed because of potential government scrutiny uh, based off of maybe dubious medical claims uh it was just because like oh we we were we forgot that people care about recurring revenue and we need to start charging for this and therefore we're, gonna, we're not going to build new features we're just going to take away what you already had so i think it goes both ways and i think just yeah hardware startups and just it, it's 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 tricky yeah it, it's it's really tricky I and mean, i'm i'm a little torn about what to do they so they initially didn't really offer any sort of compensation um, but then, of course, there was the obligatory outrage, as as there should have been towards it, and they um, are now offering either a thirty dollars coupon towards future purchases from the Nokia Health Store, or they're also offering a, a just a full refund if you want to return the product. Um, I was going to joke that their compensation would be extra lives and snake, but that's <laughs> probably. Uh, so I'm I'm not I'm not sure I'm not sure what I'm going to do because I but I, and I and I you know if if I if I went the path of of going through the return I would do it with the intention of then getting the the lower end scale, which um, it, but at that point I mean it, that's kind of one of those things where you're arguing on principle because otherwise just that just seems like a hassle. Well, that's that's what yeah exactly um, because it is a good product. I mean, like I, I have I think I have the low end version of whatever you're talking. About. I think I have like the the Withings WS30 whatever's the Wi-Fi and Bluetooth one, but it, it does like body fat percentage right weight, mm -hmm. uh, blood pressure but doesn't do the the fancy pulse thing right exactly um and i i legitimately bought the one that i have mostly because of that 
uh, pulse wave velocity feature. So I would feel is that is that actionable information? I, I, I always found it interesting. Yeah, but do you think like there's behavior you would change because of it? Yeah, like, de- definitely. You? Yeah, I mean, I when the when the number would start to creep up, I would definitely I would be like, okay, you need to exercise a bit more. You need to drink a little bit less. Like it, it was definitely information that I used, and hmm. maybe maybe wrongly so. <laughs> Is there a device? Do you have you looked at any like replacement solutions? Like, are there other things that you could buy that do this that are maybe not scales? I mean, I have a, I have their, they have a Wi-Fi, or I guess it's not Wi-Fi. It's just Bluetooth uh, blood pressure monitor. So I have that too. Um, hmm. So it's not exactly the same thing, but you know, yeah, you're living the digitally quantified life. That's right. Mm-hmm. I am, I am, I'm kind of like I'm locked into, not locked into, but I, I, I do generally sort of enjoy the formerly withings now nokia health ecosystem like i have my sleep tracker is from them the the scale obviously ooh, is from ooh, them ooh. what what sleep tracker do you have we have i don't think we talked about this um i use the uh i'll have to hold on i have to move my face out of the way of the microphone so i can use face id mm. <laughs> um I so I, I use one of their it, they're, it's technically one of their fitness trackers, but I don't wear it at all during the day because I have my Apple Watch. Mm-hmm. Um, the Pulse Onyx or o, o, Pulse OX. Um, uh, it's not Pulse Onyx. It, or, hold on, that, pul- that Pulse it. OX. Yeah, I like OX it. With things. I like it because it's it's comfortable and it. I can put it, I can start and stop when I am, you know, going to bed and waking up uh, right on the device. So I don't, I don't have to do it through the app. Like I had a, I think it was a Jawbone sleep tracker mm-hmm. previously. Mm-hmm. And my biggest complaint with it was I had to start the sleep, like when I would go to sleep, like through the app on the phone, which I just didn't like doing. Well, and that's probably going to run your like just staring at a bright device on trying to go to sleep is probably less than ideal. Yeah, exactly. Um and so what I like about the the Withings device is that yeah, I can just do it right there on the on the device. And it's, you know, it, it doesn't do anything fancy, but it's 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 fine. Hmm. But anyway, I, I I like I like having everything in the same app. I mean, I, I guess the health that the health app has somewhat diminished the advantage that the Nokia health app has, but I, I still like the I still like the Nokia app and how everything and all the you know, smart medical devices I have sort of plug into it. Do you have your phone in front of you? I do. Okay. I know I know we're running long. I thought this would be a short episode, but I do have a question about the health app that maybe you can clarify for me. The Apple one? Yeah. Okay. Have you found that the step count is completely different in the activity app versus the health app? Um well we we can do we can do a real test here. So um it says that I have ninety three fifty five in steps in the health app, and then you want me to check the activity app, yep, and compare that number. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, go health activity. Um, where do I find steps here? Yeah, steps ten seven eighty. Huh. Okay, so it's off for you, but the thing is, mine is so like for yesterday. In activity, it shows me uh, fourteen thousand seven hundred, and then uh, in the act in the health app, it says sixty nine hundred. Like, it's a huge difference, and I'm trying to figure out why that is. 
That's that's very that's very interesting. Because um, it, like it's the data is coming from the Apple Watch, so like how the hell like where what where where is it getting this? Because right. I was thinking maybe is it just using the stuff that it measures from like the motion what what was it the motion copross or whatever that's already built into the phone? That doesn't make any sense either. So I don't know if you if you find out the uh, answer to that mystery, uh, please tell me or uh, write into the show. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Do we have a contact form on our website? Um, is, is there some feedback thing we've never been checking? I There might be a way to enable that. I don't think we do, though. Yeah, that might be a, a commercial feature that they don't let you use. Well, no, we're not We're not on Squarespace anymore. Oh, we're on, we're on the Blessed Fireside. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's, let's, let's wrap this up. Chef special. What you got? Um, so, so I've, I've got one that's, that's, um, maybe not super applicable to your interests. Um, no, all good. Uh, but it's vaguely related to some of the stuff we were talking about earlier. Uh, this is an app called untapped spelled U N T A P P D. Okay. Uh, Cause you have to take out the, you know, one of the, um, letters with it being sort of a, a hip new app. Um, and, and this is a way to uh, track beers that you've tasted. So I, I like to, you know, the, just this last weekend, we went over to, to Berkeley and went to a place called the Rare Barrel, and they, they do like some some sour beers. Um, and so this this app is a way for you to mark beers that you've tried. You can rate them. You can write notes and stuff about them. I don't usually get into that, but um, it's kind of a neat thing where if, you know, if people ask like, oh, have you ever tried this beer before? Like a lot of times it'll be like, oh yeah, no, I, I, I think I did. But then you maybe don't remember, you know, much about it, whether you liked it or not or how much you liked it. So it's kind of a neat, it's a neat way to, to track that. Um, and it, there's also features in there that can help you find beers that you've had a hard time finding. Um, or just, you know, give you a simple list of like bars in the area that may have a particular beer that you're looking for. Um, it's a really well-designed app. There's kind of some neat social aspects to it where you can look at general ratings of a beer. You can look at ratings specifically from friends that you're connected with. Um, if you're, if you're, if you're into beer, it's, it's a, it's a neat, neat little app. This is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, does it, does it support wine? I have to imagine there's the wine equivalent to something like this, but um, I I have not have not tried or have not found it. This yeah, this seems this seems neat. It seems like kind of a niche social network, but it's it's a uh, the niche makes sense. Yeah, it does, and I've I've actually had this installed for for quite a while, but I I just in the last month or two have gotten more into it and have been a little a little bit more diligent about actually um, checking in the beers that I've tried, and it's um yeah it's a neat neat little app, and again very very well well designed, easy to use. Oh, and I like okay two two positive things. One, this is a Canadian company, and then two, uh, they already have the business model figured out of how they can. Uh, work uh back on the b2b side as well smart mm-hmm. cool um my pick of the week is in, insanely niche like way more niche than that um it's it's an app uh called uh pytivo and it, and it runs on uh, windows and os 10 and it's a way to um download decrypt and convert uh recordings from your tivo 
Uh, so if you ever have anything that you want to archive off the TiVo, or if you're like me and you really dislike the software update and you're right on the edge of downgrading it, which is going to erase your TiVo, um, I've been archiving some things and I haven't really found a good utility for that ever since uh, TiVo was acquired and they discontinued the TiVo desktop software. Oh, but and you, but all you of those... can still, I mean, you can still do this, right? What do you mean? Well, so I mean, I download shows from my TiVo like onto my iPad all the time before I no, travel. No, no, but to permanently keep. Is, is when you download shows, is it not permanent? Well, like let's say you upgrade your iPhone. They're gone. Oh, okay. Yeah. So here I can then get the, the MPEG-2 file like straight from the like HD stream onto my computer. And then I can imp- I can use Handbrake and just put it in whatever I want. And I'm trying to find this. How do you how do you spell this? Uh, so it's P oh yeah for the show notes P Y as in for Python the language behind it and then TiVo all one word. Oh yeah okay yeah got it. This so insanely niche, um, but it, it it's 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 worthwhile. And like because sometimes you like I, I have uh like I still have like the 2012 Giants World Series film on my TiVo. And like every, every couple of years, I kind of come back to that. I'm like, that was, that was a good season. Um, and stuff like that, like there's no way in hell that's going to be on Netflix or like there might be a bootleg thing on YouTube, but that's something I would want to save. Huh? Okay. Yeah. That's, that's neat. Yeah. All right. So I think that's it. That's much longer than show than we were planning to, but you know, that's the best ones always are. <laughs> that's right. Get, get your, uh, Oh, sorry. A PSA for people. Uh, you can pre-order your home pod beginning friday i'm guessing 1201 a.m yeah we'll uh we'll be up so at set those clocks yeah we'll be up at midnight to to make sure we get in on, on one of those yeah. yeah ask alexa to wake you up to buy a HomePod, <laughs> and uh the world will collapse into itself and and uh yeah up is down shut down is open lady in a can order your replacement